feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Every month this season has been key and important, but we've completed them all because we've been consistent, we've been hungry and we've got the right results. March presents the opportunity to get over the line in terms of the league. We want to go and grab that as quick as we can. We don't want to wait, we don't want to stumble. We want to go and win this league. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and John Hartson. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 700. Let's go! Well, last night we brought you the news uh, that League One and League Two were on the way back along with the top league in the women's game. Uh, Tonight, confirmation that the Scottish Cup resumes in three weeks' time. There are new dates for the rest of the competition with the final put back two weeks till the 22nd of May. With that good news uh, comes bad news this evening that Friday's Fife Derby in the Championship has been postponed because of a positive COVID case at East End Park and others in isolation. Rangers are aiming tonight to move a step closer to a title party when they play Livingston. That's at six o'clock, not far away. Barry Ferguson and John Hartson know well what it's like to be a couple of wins away from being crowned champions. Barry, almost there. Yep, and I fully expect Rangers to start on the front foot tonight. As you say, they're a few games away from... No, I was going to say retaining. It's been a long time. It's been a long nine and a a half or so years um, so they want to get it over the line as quickly as possible and I fully expect them tonight um, to run over the top of Livingston because I know myself when it's in sight you want to get it done as quickly as possible and I'm sure the manager um, will want the same for his team Sometimes John it can be a stutter towards the title when you know it's in the bag and you've known it for quite a long time uh, but every indication that uh, Stephen Gerrard's uh, mentality uh, is living on for the whole season at Rangers and, and they're going to get there as quickly as possible Yeah well they, they, they want to set more targets now obviously they want to go through the league unbeaten they've not been beat yet uh, in the league and um, you know the, the defenders will want to keep clean sheets forwards want to score more goals and you know it's, quite, it's embarrassing for me to sit here having eight games to go and we're talking about Rangers winning the league but that's how dominant they've been really and that's how disappointing Celtic have been Rangers have thoroughly deserved the title they thoroughly deserve to be where they are at the minute and uh, I fully expect them to be professional tonight to go and do the job what Steven Gerrard expects of them and, uh, and win the game tonight I really fancy them to go and win we were just speaking uh, last night with uh, with Stephen Craig and Jackie McNamara about what we thought was going to be the season in prospect and back in the summer when we expected it to go down to the wire and it was going to be really competitive. And here we are heading for uh, the first weekend in March um, and it, between Rangers against St Mirren Saturday and Dundee United Celtic Sunday, it could be all over. Yep, if you asked me um, at the start of the season, I, I was fully expecting it to be a lot closer. Um, but I've, you've got to give Rangers credit um, I think they looked back in last season when they came back off the winter break Rob it wasn't good enough uh, in Celtic um, 
were excellent let's be honest Neil Lennon changed the formation to 3-5-2 and, and Celtic really kicked on and Rangers didn't then the manager's obviously on the way after, uh, out of lockdown and he's made a few signings his recruitment's been excellent and they've started the season um, very well and they've continued that so overall it's been a long long wait for the Rangers fans as I said uh, previous it's been a long long nine and a half years but they're nearly there and they fully deserve it because their, their consistency levels has, has been excellent so we're going to be building up to that game in the next hour kickoff six o'clock at Amonville or the Tony Macaroni depending on your uh, preference we'll have the Rangers team and the Livingston team for you in just a second we'll also have team news from uh, Hamilton against St Johnston which is a, which is a massive match uh, for Aki's particularly at the foot of the table and where St Johnston to win that one the League Cup winners of course at the weekend then they would move to within three points of uh, top six so there's significance for them as as well. Uh, your calls as ever, always welcome 0808 17 17 uh, 700. You might want to talk about Rangers on the brink of the title uh, and already making moves towards next season as well. Could we be entering a period of Rangers domination after nine in a row for Celtic and of course the quadruple treble. What about Celtic? What are they up to? Are they busy behind the scenes? Is it all going to be okay come next season? Are they going to have a director of football in place, a head coach in place? Is there going to be a massive clear out? When's it all going to happen? Who is running the show? Get in touch with us in the, the usual ways then. That number 0808 17 17 700. Uh, go on your message to 87474 on the socials at go football show. So a six o'clock kickoff at Ammonvale and two changes for Rangers tonight uh, to the team. Of course, they didn't play at the weekend, so it's two changes to the team, uh, which beat Royal Antwerp in that ridiculous match in the Europa League, uh, which saw Rangers uh, reaching the last 16 of the competition. Leon Balogun injured. He's been standing in, of course, Barry for James Tavernier, the captain at right back. So two right backs are missing now, and that means inevitably a start for Nathan Patterson. The other change sees Yanis Hadji dropping out and Scott Arfield comes in Yep and what, what a few weeks it's been for young Nathan Patterson obviously what happened with the, the Covid situation um, and I think the manager done the right thing last week they, they brought him in he, he thought of the, the team first and foremost and obviously it worked with Balligan getting an injury Nathan Patterson had to come on um, and you see the start he made after 16 seconds Rob getting his goal so yeah. What an opportunity for the young man. I'm all for people getting a second chance. He made a mistake, we all know that. Um, he's been punished in terms of he's been fined. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in terms of uh, games, suspension or whatever. I don't know. I think that may be coming up soon. But what an opportunity he's got, uh, he's got with Tavernier being out injured. Um, and I thought he's he's got a right, bright future, the young kid. He was excellent, I thought, for the 45 minutes he played last week. And he's got another great opportunity tonight to go and show that he can become a Rangers player in the future. Stephen uh, Gerrard really positive about him and about the player he's going to be in the future. Uh, still only 19. So two changes for uh, Rangers. So John, it's going to be McGregor and goals, Patterson, Goldson, Hillander and Barisic. The midfield three of uh, Davis, Kamara and Arfield, Arebo and Kent, either side of Morelos. Looks some team. It's a strong team and um, without uh, Tavernier, Patterson comes in. But you look at this Rangers team, Rob, the, the, these names, you could almost name the Rangers team even before Steam Gerrard picks it. Yeah. 
you know, you know it's going to be four three three. You know it's going to be generally Morelos or or, um, or Roof or, or or Defoe. Either side of that, you can go with Hadji, who is a very talented young player. You got Ryan Kent, who's outstanding. They did really well to hold on to Kent in the window, of course. And Arebo was an excellent player. I've heard great things before before Arebo joined Rangers of his time at Charlton, uh, with, you know, uh, and also was at Marcus. Um, was it Marcus Gale? Marcus Gale was manager. Yeah. He had he had uh, Arebo at um, at Staines with him as a young boy, and he tells me there was there was an evening where they, they played um, Hemley Hempstead in the lower leagues, you know, in Hertfordshire, and I think they lost five nil. But he said he walked into the dressing room, and Arebo was there, you know, and he was. He was he was upset. He was angry, and he knew that he'd go places because it meant something. So even five 0 they just got hammered. So Gailey said to me, "Well, I, I knew that that kid had something." And then obviously, he went on and did very well at Charlton with with Lee Bowyer. Um, and then Rangers got him. They got him out of the Championship. A lot, you know, a lot of people from Charlton were saying, "Well, don't go up to Scotland and play. The league's not too strong. Stay in England." But no, he, he wanted to come up and play for Steam Gerrard, play for Rangers. And he's gone on, and he's he's been terrific. He he's a player that I really like as well. So. Yeah, and he's been, he's really adaptable, isn't he? He can play mm. so many different roles for Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, but I, I like him centrally, Rob. If I'm being honest with you, but as you said there, he can go out in the right hand side and 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 do a job for the the team. But I think over the last couple of weeks, he's been excellent. I, I think back at the Dundee United game at home, he was excellent. He scored an, a a great goal, um, two footed, and he gets. I like when he gets beyond the strikers. I, I think he's got a a big future in the game there's no doubt about it he's come up for the championship which is a tough league um, and he's he's really excelled at Rangers and he's one that I'm sure that, that teams down in England will be keeping an eye on um, if he keeps producing the displays that he's he's been doing for Rangers over the last um, year or so Rangers will have a hard job keeping on to him and that's a sure far sign you're doing well isn't it when uh, uh, big clubs big spending clubs in England uh, take notice of performances up here as for Livingston tonight four changes to their team Davy Martindale is at it again the tinker man I guess we could call him it used to be Claudio Ranieri in, uh, in the past didn't it in terms of uh, making regular changes but of course uh, losing cup finalists in the, the League Cup at the weekend uh, Robbie McCrory is clearly injured because he's not even on the bench the goalkeeper so there's a change there Effie Ambrose uh, drops out. He's among the subs. He's carrying a knock from the weekend. Uh, Lawson and Robinson out as well. Stryek, the goalkeeper, comes in. Fitzwater to central defence. Craig Sibold into the midfield. And Gavin Riley will be their main striker. And if you think Stephen Gerrard is taking anything for granted tonight against Livingston with Rangers slow, so close to a title party, then think again. I think Davies done a magnificent job uh, with Livingston since he's become the number one coach I know he was there prior and he had a big influence I see a, a more positive Livingston I see a Livingston that is pressing higher that's got more energy and more quality in it than previously with all due respect but I haven't analysed Livingston in terms of the last 10-15 games that Davies led uh, they're certainly more front foot they're pressing higher they're more aggressive and they're creating more so uh, we see this as maybe a slightly different challenge than the one we faced previously. Just listen to all that detail, John, from Stephen Gerrard about Livingston, about how they've changed under previous management when Gary Holt was in charge, how they've changed in terms of style of play, much more positive he sees it uh, under Davy Martindale. Uh, that's not a manager who's going into this game thinking it's automatic pilot and Rangers are going to win it. He's looking in, ma in micro detail yep. about what Livingston do and how to beat them. 
Well, he knows if Rangers turn up and, and, and play well, then they've got better players. But he also knows of the how difficult it can be at, at Livingston. Rangers have struggled there in recent years to you know to um, to play particularly well and, and to and to come away with an easy three points. They don't give it. They don't, you know they don't have it easy. No teams have it easy against Livingston. You know they they compete for every single ball defensively. They're very good. Um, they're good in both boxes actually. And um, you know Livingston have made a couple of uh, positive changes. I think tonight Sebald's come in. Um, they've changed to Riley who plays up top. Josh Mullen we know was a good player. Um, Marvin Bartley I think will go generally play through the middle where he. When well, he can, when he can because, break things up when yeah, he's a runner, he gets yeah, up and down. Yeah, because he he was out playing he was out out on, out on, on the left, left side, yeah. wasn't he? On, so they made on some Sunday. positive changes. Yeah. Little Scott Rob Robinson, who I know, having coached a little bit at Livingston yeah. a few years ago, under David Hopkins and, and Davy Martindale. Robbo's a terrific little player as well. You know, he can powerful runner, but he, he has a he has a rest tonight. He starts on the bench. So you know, Stephen Gerrard's showing Livingston, you know, the 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 most of respect. But he also knows as well, he'll be saying to his players, if we turn up tonight and play like we can, we will win the game. And that's why I expect Rangers in the situation that they're in, they'll want to get the league done as quick as they can tonight and at the weekend. So I fully expect Rangers to go and, to go and get the three points tonight. You'll love this, Barry. This was Yanis Hadji uh, speaking yesterday uh, about the prospect of, of uh, the title celebrations to come, um, enjoying that success but making sure they get there as well. Just just listen to his mentality. There's a lot of excitement, but I think the most important thing is just to try to have the same mentality we had the entire season. Look at the first game we have, and that's against Livingston, and get the job done, get the three points, come back, and then back in training. So um, I think that's our mentality going into the next weeks. Go and get the three points, back into training, and then same again. That's been their mindset all season, Rob. I think you've you've heard after each game that Rangers have played, when the managers come out and, and spoke and, and the players have come out and spoke, it's about next game. That's the only thing they're focused on. Um, and I don't think they'll change that that, that way, Rob. Um, and it's the same tonight. You're going to Livingston on the surface. Uh, I know Livingston had a, a tough game and... And Sunday, I think physically it took a lot out of them, but mentally as well, we're losing the game. So Rangers need to start the game in the front foot, and I fully believe if they do that, you just look at the quality that Rangers have got in that squad. You, you look up top, Morelos for me, I thought last week he was excellent. It's the best I've seen him in a, a Rangers shirt, and Ryan Kent is starting to get back to the the sort of form that we expect of him. So if Rangers start right, um, they've got too much quality for me. Team news coming in from the other game as well. Hamilton against St Johnston. It's big, isn't it, for Aki's who are um, a point behind Kilmarnock at the bottom of the table. But they do have two games in hand and you do start to worry a little bit for Tommy Wright and Kilmarnock. Um, but Hamilton won't be too concerned about that. They've lost only one of their last four. So they're, on, they're on a good little run. They've taken five points uh, from those four games. That makes a, a, a big difference at this stage. Team-wise tonight, a couple of changes for them that I can see on my first look at the team uh, Jamie no Jamie Hamilton in the team tonight uh, Marius Ogpo is injured as well David Moyo will start up front Aaron Martin comes into the team so it's Fulton Odofen McMahon Easton uh, Bruce Anderson Scott Martin Charlie Trafford Aaron Martin David Moyo Lee Hodson and Ross Callaghan uh, that sounds a pretty strong team Barry for Ackies yep and one thing about Aki's, they've got the experience, Rob. See, when they're in a, a relegation dogfight, 
they, they always come up with, with big results uh, and I, I think they've got a real opportunity tonight I think Anderson um, the signing from Aberdeen I think he's hit the ground running yeah. um, I think he's found a, a place where he, he looks happy um, and I've been really impressed with him I think Aberdeen will be wondering where that form was <laughs> yeah they, Derek I'm sure will be keeping a keen eye on it but he's really impressed me Rob um, the young lad he's, I think he was in Lone Air United where he struggled a wee bit yeah. um, so I think he's found a home in Hamilton um, and I think Hamilton will have enough tonight I know St Johnson I'll be um, fully confident we, we won in the Betfred Cup on Sunday but I've just got a, a sneaky feeling Hamilton I'll, I'll get a result tonight because as I says, they, they bring big results up at big times and they're used to this as well. So for me, I think Hamilton will edge it tonight. It'll be interesting to see what we get from St Johnston. Just looking at their team, John, uh, I think four changes for, for St Johnston um, on the back of the League Cup final at the weekend. I guess Callum Davidson was always going to freshen it up. Yeah. Uh, they'll have done a little bit of celebrating, not able to do uh, too much, of course. And uh, they need to be fresh tonight. They need to be ready to go because they will be targeting a place in the in the top six. So they've tonight they've got uh, Xander Clark in goals, Jason Kerr, Liam Gordon and, and Jamie McCoy. Car is a pretty regular back three for them. Then it's Rooney, the match winner at the weekend, uh, Wotherspoon, Craig. Then the changes, uh, Craig Bryson comes in, Scott Tanzer comes in, he'll play down the left side. Uh, Stevie May, the top scorer, who's not been in the starting lineup much recently, he comes back in. And Guy Melamed, who's been a pretty useful signing for them, uh, he comes into the team as well. The likes of Conway and Kane and Callum Booth uh, dropping out of the team. Um, but they've got a good squad, St Johnston, uh, a bit like Livingston. Yeah. You know, they're able to make that number of changes uh, yeah. and still look pretty strong. Well, Stevie May, we know a lot about Stevie May. He scored an awful lot of goals in, in the few spells. He's been at St Johnston. Uh, Callum Davidson will be delighted to have, to have got that first trophy in the bag, if you like. It's exceptional, really, what they've gone and done. Won the League Cup. Um, it's very rare that, you know, when Celtic and Rangers, you know, this how strong they are, that a team outside of them to go on and win a cup. So great, massive congratulations to them as a club. They've won four out of their last six games. So they come into it in decent form. And on paper... I know Livingston are above them in the table and I think mainly that was because they went on that 14-game unbeaten run. But on paper, you look at both squads and you think, would I take the St. Johnson squad ahead of the Livy squad? You know, you look at the names and and the quality of players. Livingston have had a magnificent run. Davy Martindale deserves all the credit that we are giving him. But on paper, I look at some of the players that St. Johnson have and I think, oh, like him, like him, like him. You know, so... um, you know, been interesting, very interesting tonight. They've got a way to go to 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 catch Livingston. It is possible, but they've got they've got a way to go. But they will look at they'll be looking at St Mirren, won't they? I mean, they'll be they'll be doing the old uh, one game at a time, which you love, Barry, as well. But but you know, if if they win tonight, they're they're three points away from St Mirren, and at that point, they'll be thinking uh, there's a chance here of making top six. Yep, um, I'm sure that. They'll believe that they can make the top six. Um, as you just mentioned, they're the team. The, the big one, he doesn't seem to change your back three, Kerr, McCart and, and Gordon. No. They're, they're big players for, for them. Um, but I agree with John. You look through their squad and they've got some tasty players, St Johnson. Um, but I've just got a feeling, as I said, Hamilton surprise people. And I think it'll be a surprise result tonight. Uh, but St Johnson, you never know. As I said, what, what a, a win on Sunday for them. Bringing the, the League Cup home to, to Perth. But 
tonight if you're asking my opinion I'm going to go for Hamilton Ackies I think Hamilton will have enough to get out of this relegation fight Lots to talk about tonight including those two big games in the Premiership and kickoff is 40 minutes away in both two changes for Rangers uh, at Amundville against Livingston and it is Hamilton against St Johnston two matches that matter much 0808 17 17 700 the Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Yes, Wednesday's Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Couple of six o'clock kickoffs in the Premiership, so not much more than half an hour away. Two changes for Rangers, who are at Livingston. Uh, Rangers are seven points away from the title, maybe six points away from the title. Barry Ferguson, if one takes uh, a much better goal difference into account as well, they play Livingston tonight. St Mirren at the weekend and that could be that are you willing to admit that could be that even before Celtic play at Tannadice on Sunday yeah they've got one hand on the trophy Rob I'll admit that it's it's in sight now um, two massive games tonight one against Livingston and then obviously the weekend against St Mirren let's not forget Celtic have got a tricky trip up to Tannadice on Sunday Rob um, I think Mickey's starting to get the his Dun United team playing some decent stuff they had a few good results I know they came to Ibrooks and lost 5-0 but I watched the game Rob see the first half hour Dun United won control of the game they played some really good stuff just couldn't get that that goal and then they collapsed after Rangers scored the, the first goal so look listen it's in sight for Rangers as I, I keep going back to it's been a long wait it's been a hard nine and a half or so years for the Rangers fans and now it's up to Steven Gerrard and his, his Rangers team to make sure they, they get three points and then move straight on to the, the game at the weekend against St Mern. These are happy days for Rangers. This is a fantastic time to be at Rangers. Uh, the excitement levels are high. Uh, we've got so much on the horizon to be excited about. I've said it before and I'll say it again, nothing's achieved as of yet where we sit right here, so we've got to go and grab it and achieve it. And the only way to do that is to go and find performance if that's good enough. It's Rob McLean, it's Barry Ferguson, it's John Hartson on the Go Radio Football Show on our Wednesday. And we've got uh, Jake with us as well. Hi, Jake. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi, right, Jake. Yeah, good, thanks. How's you? I'm all right, just getting on with things, you know what I mean? <laughs> You've got to, haven't you? Um, uh, exactly. What, what would you like to talk about, Jake? I just wanted to put, put forward across an opinion I've got. It's just, obviously, we all know that... Um, or well, Frank Rangers going to win the league, but I, I just can't help but feel that I heard I heard Barry at the start of the show, which is about five past five. He said that you have to give Rangers credit. Now, just on that, I don't think Rangers are getting the credit that they deserve. Because it's by the way, it's no easy those two and L tell you to win the league. It's no easy to win the league, but the standard that Rangers are doing it at, when you also put into context the the fact that they're not only competing in Europe, but they're actually doing very very well in Europe yeah. it, I don't think they're getting anywhere near the credit from not just the media outlets but I don't think they're getting credit from enough people as to regards to what they're doing this year just want to hear your thoughts on that I said that last week on the show Jake I don't think Rangers have been given the, the credit that they deserve in terms of the way they've performed domestically and as you just mentioned there in, in Europe I think they've been fantastic you just need to look at the defensive record um, in, in the league and going forward, they're scoring goals, and they're just not relying on Morelos or Kent. They're scoring goals all over the, all over the pitch, which is um, a major factor in them having a good season. So, I said that last week on the show, Jake, that I don't believe that Rangers are getting enough credit. Everybody's looking at how poor Celtic have been or how bad Celtic have been. 
I think you've got to give Rangers credit for the the standard that they've played in week in week out. I think their the standard they play, the results they've had, and the way that they play has been excellent this season. Is that a valid complaint, John Hartson, that, that Rangers haven't been getting enough credit? I, I'm not sure because from from my point of view, Jake, I, I thought Rangers won the league in January. You know, they were 18 points in front. They not lost a game. And Celtic had to lose another, um, sorry, Rangers had not lost a game. There was about 15 games to go. They weren't going to go and lose seven games when they'd not lost in the previous 20. Um, so when you're chasing 18 points, you know, you, you, you're, you're riding the crest of a wave. You're winning games 1-0. You know, uh, you're deservedly winning games 1-0. You're defending strongly, but you're just nicking games. And you got that ascendancy, you know, that little bit of momentum where Celtic are always chasing Rangers. They, they're hoping that Rangers slip up and then they can sort of get a little bit closer, 15 points, possibly 12 points. So... I've I've said it all along to go you know to go unbeaten so far you've been outstanding in Europe you've got a great bunch of players I think Steve Gerrard is reminding the players this season to enjoy it embrace this title win because the previous two years it's been all about Celtic and Celtic and the previous eight uh, seven years before that the last nine years and a lot of Rangers fans have been suffering they've been suffering because Rangers have not been anywhere near good enough when they slipped down to the you know the third division the second division the championship that was barren days for Rangers but now you can almost feel that you're back you're back. You stuck with Steven Gerrard. He had a plan. You know, he, he, he had a philosophy. He plays 4-3-3. Your system hardly ever changes. He works on that tirelessly. And you thoroughly deserve to win the league. You're 18 points clear. You're going to win the league before the split. You're still in Europe. You know, we still have the Scottish Cup to, to come, uh, which is just, we're going to talk about that in a bit. So I actually, personally, as a Celtic ex-player, I have given Rangers credit I don't know what everybody else has done, whether the, the radios or the, or the national newspapers, you know, the general pundits, whether they've given them enough credit. But personally, I thought Rangers were, you know, were in terms of they won the two Celtic games, um, you know, they've done really well in Europe. They've managed to get through the... the they're still in the last 16. Yep. They've got a juicy tie, which they, they possibly could get through to the last eight. And then who knows, but... I, you know, I wouldn't. I disagree, Jake, because I've not read all 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 the uh, the papers. But from a personal point of view, as a ex Celtic player, I've given you all the credit in the world because I think you've had a wonderful season. Did that help, Jake? Uh, hi, obviously it does. Coming from coming from like obviously a Celtic legend, but it's it's not. I'm not. I'm not actually pinpointing anybody specific. But when you read through the lines, I don't think anybody can deny that Celtics poor season is getting talked about yeah. if not more than but on par with how good a season Rangers are having and I just don't think that makes any sense it'd be different if see if uh, Celtic and Rangers were kind of neck and neck say say Rangers had won the first old form and not the second or something like that That okay I can understand that but it's the fact that Rangers are undefeated it's not as if Rangers have lost three games and Celtic have lost six Rangers are undefeated uh, Rangers in Europe are Beating teams that previously in the past five, six, seven years you would have said no chance. You look at Galatasaray. I know they drew with Benfica, but three years ago Rangers when they drew with Benfica. No. Um, you talk about uh, all the teams in the group that they played even last season as well. So I, I, I agree with what John's saying. Um, but Jake, I, 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 I think Jake, the, the the facts, hard facts, don't lie. 
You look at the league table, Rangers played 30, lost none. Celtic played 31, lost four. Rangers drawn four, Celtic um, drawn seven. You know, 15 points ahead and Rangers now have a game in hand. So, you know, the facts don't lie. The league table yeah. doesn't lie. You can talk about a yeah. Celtic having a poor season. Uh, they've had issues. They've had problems. That's not Rangers' fault. Rangers have gone ahead. I think just literally cleaned up. I think Jake's point is a lot's been made of how poor Celtic yeah. have been. Yeah, but, but I think not how good Rangers have been. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with what Jake's saying. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's been enough credit given to Rangers. I think a lot of people are looking and saying how poor Celtic have been. They're no winning games. <clears throat> they're leaking goals. Yeah, but I mean, Celtic's Celtic's collapse has been spectacular, hasn't it? Yeah, I Cul- never seen it coming. Culminating I don't think. In, the, in the resignation of Neil Lennon, that's always going to grab big headlines, and it has done. It has done recently. Yeah, I, but I, think I don't think that, But that doesn't take away. I mean, it's there in, in facts and figures. Mm-hmm. Rangers' success this season. I was just that's looking today at the goal difference: seventy-three goals for in the Premiership, yeah. nine against. So, so they're scoring uh, three goals per game on average, and they're losing mm-hmm. one goal every. Three games. I mean, that is incredible. Yep, I think us three in the studio never seen Celtic's collapse coming. Mm. Nobody's seen it coming. I've been telling about Christmas when he's starting to think Rangers are actually pulling away now, and you look at them defensively; they're solid. You know, they, 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 it doesn't change. No. Celtic were changing personnel all the time. Unfortunately, they got a bit few injuries. Julien. Um, but, but Jake's point. Know, but, but Jake's point would be that, that even had Celtic been going pretty well. Yeah. They, they still wouldn't have marched up to to Rangers at this level. Is that what you're saying, Jake? Yeah, exa- exa- exactly what I'm saying. But I'll, I'll throw a stat at you and I'll see if you can answer. When was the last time that a Scottish team reached any stage of a- a- any European competition and got to around the 16 two years in a row? When was the last time that happened? That's a great question. <laughs> 2007, was, 2007 right. was the last time that it yeah. happened just to answer yeah. a question and it was Celtic so that proves to you what's that 14 years was the last yeah. time that it happened Yeah. now and, and that, within that 14 years Rangers have went down to Division 3 Division 2 Championship for 2 years came back up here for 4 years and have now surpassed that or equaled what Celtic done in 2007 yeah. so there's a start that I just threw at you yeah. that you didn't, you didn't know so I, no, I, that's good. I, I do I like believe it. personally that they'll not <laughs> I like it when you do the question and the answer yourself. But mind you, you had to do the answer because we were never going to get it, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, the, the season could get better and better for you, Jake, as well, couldn't it? Because, you know, the title is just about wrapped up. Uh, Europe, uh, you know, Rangers must have a great chance of, of going uh, yet further in this Europa League against Slavia Prague, obviously, for a place in the last 16. And of course, as of today, the Scottish Cup is back on the, the, the timetable as well. Um, you know, so, so Rangers could be... Uh, could of the, the title wrapped up and competing uh, for the Scottish Cup and in Europe as well although Barry in terms of scheduling uh, that could have problems attached to it couldn't it? It will if, if Rangers continue their great run in Europe Rob I, I think Scottish Cup <coughs> games once the earlier rounds get played out I think they're going to try and get them midweek I don't know how that's going to work with, with Rangers being involved in, in Europe I fully expect Rangers to beat Slavia Prague now I'm giving Slavia uh, Prague respect a Did good you see team. them against Leicester? I watched them against and listen Leicester are a good team and a lot of people will say Leicester were missing three or four players but let's be honest Slavia Prague have got some decent footballers and you don't get into the last 16 if you're not a decent team but I do fully expect Rangers to progress then I don't know where they're going to fit the Scottish Cup games in Rob 
I know it's a it's a major problem, isn't it? It's a it's a, it's actually a scheduling nightmare, uh, to be perfectly honest. What are you thinking, Jake, about about tonight uh, at Livingston? How do you see that one going? Well, first of all, just just on that Scottish Cup. Well, originally, when I was going to call in, uh, I had a point on the Scottish Cup, but then I saw that the SFA or whoever it was released the the fixture date. Yeah. Now, for me, I agree with Barry there. I I think the only teams that are going to get negatively impacted by that is Rangers due to Europe, and see the teams fighting relegation as well. See those four teams that are down at the bottom; they're fighting relegation. So, if they're playing two games a week rather than one game a week, I don't know it might affect them, but. For me, I don't understand why the SFA didn't make a mini tournament because the June or the Euros is due to start. I think June thirteenth. Don't quote me on that; I might be wrong. I think June thirteenth. Our season is due to end May seventeenth. So I don't know why they didn't maybe create a mini tournament like like a World Cup kind of thing, where you play two or three games a week at, towards the end of the season rather than doing it now, where Rangers and those teams fighting relegation are going to have to play. Two games a week while still in Europe for Rangers and these teams are fighting for their place in, in the league. But I, I, I don't know, I, I agree with Barry, I don't know how the fixtures are going to work. I, I don't think the SFA have thought it through properly, to be honest. I don't re- realise how that's going to work out. And I, and I think one one big point would be that, that when Rangers get the title all wrapped up, then all of Scottish football should be, I know this won't happen, but but should be backing Rangers to do as well as they can in Europe. And that might mean moving fixtures around. Might mean so that, so that, the Scottish so, Cup. Yeah, exactly. Then so that Rangers have the best the possible chance. The Euros start then yep. fairly early. There's some Rangers players involved with the national team. So again then, you know, it's difficult. But I think from Stephen Gerrard's point of view, he wouldn't be worried too much. He just wants to get through... So the last eight, you know, they're going to win the league. He will do his utmost to fulfil the fixtures. And and the SFA, uh, UEFA, they, they will just have to do everything they can, you know, to, to get these fixtures done. Uh, it's going to be tough. It will be tough, yep. yeah. But there might be a big fixture log, a pipe, you know, a pile-up. Um, but from, from Stephen Gerrard's point of view, you know, winning it breeds winning, doesn't it? And here he is on the we floor. have to stay focused, we have to stay concentrated because nothing is done or achieved. We want to get over the line as quick as we can. And the only way to do that is to respect Livingston. They're on the back of a tough weekend. So we're aware that they're going to be a little bit wounded and they're going to react from that. We've done everything we can in terms of our preparation. But we're really looking forward to what's next and that's the only thing we should focus on. But we've got some wonderful opportunities in front of us in terms of what March is going to present and then we want to go and grab it and capitalise on it and the only way to do that is to go and find performances and that's what we need to focus on So Jake, two changes tonight then Nathan Patterson in and Scott Arfield in uh, Balogun and Hadji out what are you thinking about this game tonight? Well, I, I think I, I think he's maybe put Arfield in for Hadji just to give the midfield a bit more of a a hardening up because obviously Livingston is I know they're on the one form they know as, as what they were but they are still big boys you don't want to get battered up there especially <laughs> on that actual tough pitch so um, I can only assume he's put Arfield in for that and I think it's a great decision um, I think uh, I'm bu- buzzing for a wee Patterson as well I'm glad he gets his first league start I hope he has an absolute magnificent game um, but I, I can only really see Rangers winning that I, I don't think they're going to demolish Livingston but I, I don't really think it can be anything other than a Rangers win maybe Two two and three one something like that. But I think Morelos. I think you'll see Morelos got on the score sheet a couple of times tonight. Good man. Thanks for uh, getting in touch with the show. Good to hear from you. 
Cheers, Jake. No problem. See you later. Bye. See ya. All the best. Uh, that was Jake, a Rangers fan, uh, with some interesting points about the season ahead as Rangers look to wrap it all up in terms of the title. And we're less than 20 minutes away from tonight's two big games in the Premiership. It is Hamilton against St Johnston, and it is Livingston against Rangers. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Thanks to Chris with Travel, and uh, we have regular updates right throughout the show. Uh, we brought you the team news uh, right at the top of this uh, Go Radio Football show. It's Wednesday. Just checking, you knew which day of the week it was. Um, that was for my own benefit, to be perfectly honest, uh, because you do lose track of time. But uh, we're 15 minutes away from Livingston against Rangers, and uh, the same in terms of Hamilton against St Johnston. Two big games in terms of opposite ends of the table in the Premiership tonight. Two changes for Rangers and four for Livingston in uh, that game at Ammonville tonight at the Tony Macaroni and we will be right with it in the second hour of the show. Um, in terms of uh, Friday night football, well, the Championship match uh, due to take place in Kirkcaldy between Wraith Rovers and Dunfermline has been postponed. A COVID outbreak at East End Park means that that match will no longer uh, take place place. Now a charity uh, set up in memory of footballer Chris Mitchell uh, who took his own life five years ago uh, we heard this week is making a massive impact. The Chris Mitchell uh, Foundation uh, shines a light on uh, mental health issues in the game uh, which has become absolutely massive in the last year or so and uh, Chris Mitchell Barry is somebody you knew very well. Yeah, Rob, I actually signed him when I was um, at Clyde as a, as a manager. Um, he had been full-time all his career um, and he decided to, to drop down into part-time level. And I, I've got to be honest with you, he was great for me, really good boy, trained really well. And he just came to me um, just after the Christmas period, I think it was, that he was going to go and try something um, different. He wanted to he, he get the chance of full-time employment. Um, I think it was to work with one of his family members um, so he couldn't give his time to, to the football um, so he went away and done that and I left the door open for him because um, I didn't want to lose him because he was a good player obviously he'd played at Falkirk, Bradford, Queen of the South um, very good player but I didn't want to stand in his way because listen it was an opportunity for him to, to earn a good, a good salary Rob so he went away and Obviously done that. We we continued to play. We get into the the playoff semi final and we get the sad news on the way back Felgen when we had qual uh, we'd um, won the game to get into the playoff final against Queens Park. We get uh, the bad news broken to us on the way down in the bus and it was devastating because obviously I had worked with him only for a short period of time, but he became close to some of the the, the boys. They were really friendly with him and it was. I just couldn't believe it that he, he took his own life. Um, I didn't see it, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and as times went on, you, you get to see people being more open and, and want to go and speak. And obviously Chris didn't feel that he, he, he could do that. So sad. It's, it was a real sad time for us. Um, and it affected the team, I'll be honest with you, as I said, because he was a, a very popular member of the, the dressing room. Um, and I see what his, his family are doing with the Chris Mitchell Foundation and I seen a bit on Sky yesterday actually with his, with his dad and, mm. and Scott Arfield so it's a great thing they're doing and hopefully if, if not just footballers if anybody's struggling in life they take the opportunity to go and speak to somebody 
Yeah, the Chris Mitchell Foundation is doing fantastic uh, work and there are so many uh, therapy groups. We've spoken to lots of them on this show, John. Um, but the more, the better, because there's so much work to be done because there are so many so many problems with mental health now in, in football, obviously everywhere, but, but, but in football as well. It is, and I, I you know, my, my heart goes out to, to to Chris Mitchell, obviously, and and, and his family, and I, I hope this uh, this charity thrives. I'm sure it will, and it's it's more about the awareness side of things, isn't it? Create awareness for mental health. You know that that's what everybody's um, why people are doing this and, and and doing things for charity, raising money, raising awareness. And I, I always go back to Gary Speed. You know, Gary Speed just seemed like the. The man who had everything, you know, he was handsome, looks, he had looks of a film star, didn't he, Speedo? Um, loved his golf, magnificent footballer, had, had the perfect family, Eddie and Tommy, his, his two boys, his two sons. He worshipped his sons. You know, I knew his dad, uh, Roger, and his mum, Carol. I travelled the world with Gary, with the Welsh team, with the national team. And he was just a, a fantastic guy, you know, just a man amongst men, one of the chaps. Um... And then one morning I went in to do a game and Bobby Gold put his arm around me. He said, John, he said last night, he said, um, Gary Speed took his own life. And I just sort of put my head in Bobby's shoulder and I just I couldn't come away from his shoulder. I was just like so shocked. I what Gary? It's like, no way. Anybody else, it's a surprise, it's a shock, anybody else, but not Gary. He just seemed... Perfect. He had the perfect life. He was manager of his national country. Wales doing a great job, and then he decides to take his own life in tragic circumstances. You know, um, and and Gary was so popular that anybody would have helped him. And Barry just alluded to them like, a, if he'd have come to speak to anybody, you know, people would have helped him. You know, if he shared his issues, his problems, what's going on in his mind. He did football focus in the afternoon with Gary McAllister mm. live on the BBC yeah. and it was that night that, that you know he did he did what he did so tragically um, you know Wales is still in mourning over yeah. Gary's speed you know people just cannot believe it but you, you just don't know what's going on in you know between them no. years um, and uh, I think a problem shared is, is a problem solved yeah. if you know what I mean you've got to talk anybody listening out there who's struggling mentally You've got to tell someone, tell a member of your family, tell your best friend. And there's practitioners, professional practitioners out there. There's professional therapists out there. There's an awful lot of help. Yeah. Um, but people don't want to be seen to cry for help, don't want to be seen to ask, you know. Um, yeah, and I think maybe here in Scotland, we're, we're maybe the world's worst yeah. at, at opening up and, thing, and talking Rob, about these sort of things. When this happened, and obviously we get the news uh, coming back down the bus, I actually started to question myself was was my door open? Was I no good enough to come and speak to you? Start thinking like that as well. Um, and in time, I've seen it with another few players who who have struggled, and and it's um, you'd some, but you you'd have played at Kelty Hearts, didn't you? That yeah, that, that, that 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 was was on the brink of of, yeah, of doing suicidal something. Suicidal thoughts. Yeah, um, and I had to obviously speak with him. And if I can't help him, I can guide them in the right direction and thankfully we did that and he went away and he, got, he sought the, the help and he, he got the advice and he, and he came through it down the end um, he's not playing with us anymore but he, he's been on and he's got on with his life and that's the thing as a manager you've got to be able to you've got to be approachable 
um, as I said if you can't help them you can always try and guide them in the right directions um, and in terms of Chris Mitchell uh, he, he didn't see it coming I'll go back to it he was he was a good looking guy as well what, what uh, John just says about Gary Speed there and he was a Seemed good player Seemed to have player. so much going for him yeah Yep and he, he had a girlfriend and nice car and he, he was getting an opportunity to go and work in full time employment and you don't think anything else and then a couple of months down the line um, he takes his own life and it, it just I've seen how it affected as I said the team because he was really close to three or four of the boys um, and it's a great thing they're doing as I said Robert I watched it a couple of times actually on Sky Sports um, with his dad yeah. at the Falkirk Stadium mm. with Scott Arfield and then there was another couple of people involved a great thing and hopefully if people have issues, they can go and use the, the Chris Mitchell Foundation. Yeah, there, obviously there are, there are Samaritans and, and there are so many other good organisations and, and people you can talk to. And, and I think we, we, we like to think on this show, I mean, Aaron Connolly has been on the show mm-hmm. a couple of times and the, he, he set up the, the Time to Tackle um, group, the therapy group, very approachable, uh, wants people to... To, to come and talk. I mean, he himself, Aaron, literally pulled himself back from the brink of of taking his taking his own life. And um, you know, so uh, I think we would encourage you on this show if you want to come on talk football. I mean, what what a what a great way of 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 cheating yourself up um, is talking about football. It sure is. And in terms of certainly at my level, in terms of where I'm managing, I've got players who. I'm not getting out and, and getting that release of playing football and I, I'm concerned for their mental health as well Rob because some of them have lost jobs and they've got families to try and provide for and it's tough times for everybody but hopefully at some stage we'll come out of this um, pandemic but there's a lot of good it's not just Chris Mitchell's foundation yeah. which are doing well there's a lot of good um, people out there willing to give their, their help and as long as you're you're willing to go and talk about it because um, it's more open now which I'm I'm Happy way. I, I yeah. think back in your time, me and John's era, you couldn't really talk about it. Now it's more open. Yeah, there's more. There's a lot more information now, and I, I get exactly what Barry is saying there about some lads playing for Kelty Hearts and um, missing their training. You know, not earning a fortune, um, being furloughed, and everything else having problems. But this can also happen to a multi-millionaire. Mm. Somebody who's got money, somebody who's got the perfect family, somebody who drives a magnificent car, he could have the same problems. Yeah. You know, this is not all about going in the dress and say, hey, you, come on, just, you know, show a pair of B-A-L-L-S's. You know, that's not the way to go about it. That's the last thing you should say to anybody who's yeah. got a little few problems, you know, mentally with his health. Um, so it can happen to anybody. It can happen to a banker, a solicitor, a lawyer, a footballer. There's rugby players that take their own lives, cricketers. You know, it can happen to anybody. And the one thing, you know, I, I have to get out there is that there's an awful lot of help now. There's so much more help now than there was yeah, 10, totally 15 years ago. Because yeah. people are more aware of it now. Yeah. It's good to talk uh, and, it, and it's good to listen uh, as well. And uh, certainly um, our door is always open uh, in that regard. Our phone line is always available um, and you can be part of the football chat uh, Monday to Friday 5 till 7 0808 17 17 700
Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. The two big games in the Premiership tonight are underway. Livingston nil, Rangers nil, and it's Hamilton nil, St Johnston nil. Aki's uh, looking to keep on picking up points, which they've been doing of late, uh, but they're up against the League Cup winners uh, tonight. Will there be a Hamden hangover for Callum Davidson and his team? Uh, we'll find out as that one goes on. We'll be with it right through the first half of both these games before we're off here at uh, 7 o'clock early moments uh, between Livingston and Rangers at Ammonvale and uh, just what we're saying about St Johnston, uh, John Hartson it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the reaction is from Livingston who that 14 game unbeaten run and now of course uh, they're looking to end a run of four without a win Yeah and that would be the talk now, you know people will be asking questions because Davey Martindale goes in he has an immediate impact. The players play magnificently. They go on a great run. Lost their last four. Was that a little bit of luck involved there? Was it a little bit of, oh, well, the new manager's come in, let's try and impress, let's try and impress a new manager? Davy Martindale will be desperate to, you know, to get that win under his belt. Now, maybe, I don't think it'll come tonight, but certainly they, they want to put that to bed, that, that unbeaten run that they're going on at the minute. A lot of people fancy them for the cup at the weekend just mm. because of that run that they were on, yeah. you know. Um, but they have to bounce back. They may be, the, the run ended probably by a bad time for, for Livingston. Had they been in the midst of that 14-game um, unbeaten run, maybe they, they would have been in a different mental shape for, for Sunday. Yeah, but I, I watched actually Marvin Bartley do an interview and he looked at it in a different way. That It was 17 games and it was only uh, two defeats in 17. Yeah. So it was a good way yeah. of looking at it. That's the kind of mentality I think that Livingston under Davy Martindale have, have got. And by the, by the start tonight, I don't think um, they've got a hangover from Sunday. Um, they've started on the front foot and me and John were talking off air. I actually think Livingston have got good players as well. Yeah. They've got some handy footballers. A lot of people think they're they're just route one. Um but at times they've got guys like like Holt um and Sybold in the middle of the park who can get the ball down and pass it. Pittman. And Pittman Pittman yeah, comes up with an important pitch, goal. Yeah, good footballer. And it's great to see Rob as well. Pittman, he came from junior football, so there's always an opportunity there, guys that at lower level that can get up and just look with Pittman. I think he's come through the leagues with Livingston. And he's one of their main players. And yeah. One thing as well, even if you're on a bad run, only only takes, you know, only takes one good performance. And what a what a better no better way than David Martindale tonight. He doesn't need to have a team talk tonight. They're playing against Rangers, who are going to win the league. So his players, if they're not up for a game like tonight, the Livingston players to to halt this, put a halt to this four game, you know, um, beaten run that they're on. There's no team talk tonight. David Martin just just go out there, just go and compete. You know, yeah. It was interesting when we heard from Stephen Gerrard earlier on there, uh, Barry talking about Livingston and going into so much detail about them. I mean, you know, other managers, other teams 
in another time you might think they might switch off and be cruising towards the title but you just ha- you only have to listen to, to Steven Gerrard to know how switched on he is about what he's up against tonight and, and, and the, getting the mentality right Yep and that's the standards that he set Rob um, he's respectful with every team he comes up against and albeit Livingston had a bad result in Sunday in the cup final he knows that they'll be up for it he spoke about David Martindale and what he's done since he's took over as manager and he fully expects a, a, a tough game and as I said to you with the start I don't think it's affected um, Livingston and and he knows when you go to, to Livingston to play it's always a tough game um, and certainly on the, uh, on the artificial surface as well so he, he'll fully expect a tough game I'm sure John was talking about the Livingston manager David Martindale won't need to do much of team talk near would Stephen Gerrard he would just need to obviously let them know the, the strengths and weaknesses of Livingston, but Rangers are very close uh, to securing their first title. We're across both those games uh, for the rest of the show. Livingston against Rangers, nil-nil with seven and a half minutes gone, and it's early stages as well. Um, at Hamilton, where Aki's are nil-nil currently against St Johnston, uh, nothing will happen in either of those games that you won't know about. But I want to talk for a little minute uh, about what we touched on right at the top of the show, which is, and uh, Jake, one of our callers, was was talking about it as well, uh, the fact that the Scottish Cup is uh, back with us. Uh, just when we were talking on Monday about the potential for it to be scrapped, uh, Barry, because we were running out of time to, to fit these games in, it's still going to be a massive problem. Confirmation that the the cup uh, resumes in about three weeks' time. New dates for the rest of the competition. The final has been put back two weeks till the twenty second of May. Um, but it uh, it could get a bit chaotic, couldn't it? Yep, I think you use the right word there, chaotic. Um, certainly, we just going on Rangers' side of things. If they do progress into the last eight, how are they going to fit games in? And if you look at the, the league, both League 1 and League 2, who looks if they're going to get back playing, um, there's some of them um, only played eight games. I'll go, for instance, Clyde. have only played eight games and some some teams in their league have played 11 and they're still involved in the, the Scottish Cup, some of these teams. So it's going to be difficult to squeeze in. Um, and I, I don't know whether they're going to squeeze it in, Rob, if I'm being honest with you. And it also hinges on testing, doesn't it? I mean, it, um, all these games will have to have... Uh, testing beforehand. Now that's that's fine for the 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 teams, the Premiership teams and the Championship teams who've, who've been who've been doing that. But yeah. but everybody's got to be hitting the same protocols. Exactly right, and I agree. But uh, I also think if you can get it done, if you can get the Scottish Cup games done, you know the early rounds and then the semi-finals, the final. Uh, yes, it it could be difficult if Rangers progress in Europe like a lot of the Rangers fans think that they go into. Um, still an awful lot, as well as they've done. I think they will get may get through to the last eight. But then, you know, there's some fantastic teams in that Europa League still. Um, but I, I'm a believer of Scottish Cup. If they can get it done this year and start afresh, then the Scottish Cup again next season, the new Scottish Cup, another. If they can get it done this season, Scottish mm-hmm. Cup in this season, I think if they can manage to get it right, um, the fixtures and things like that, then get it done this season. 
It's been incredible though, Barry, how things have changed this week. I mean, we sat here on Monday, looked at a, a statement from the Joint Response Group. Uh, neither of us could understand it, really. Uh, it said nothing. It just said talks were ongoing. You were listening but to n- the n- show, nothing, Rob, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing, nothing had changed. And then, of course, cut to last night on the show uh, and suddenly the announcement that, that uh, clubs in League One and League Two and in the SWPL Division One uh, were getting back in training. Uh, and it seems as if uh, those leagues will be back in action maybe in a couple of weeks' time. Yep, and we'll want to see football get back, Rob. There's no doubt about it. It's just obviously the the, the testing side of things. Is it only one test a week or is it after each game? I, I get told today that it would only be one test per week, so that obviously brings um, the price of testing down. Um, we all want the football to get back there's no doubt about it um, I, I don't think they've they've confirmed exactly when they're getting back um, I, no. I think they're still in talks in terms of well they have to sort it out themselves don't yeah, they there's talk of 22 games cut to a 22 game season I've heard 18 games maybe um, I know there's it's down to was it 27 games they had to play so they've still got to decide all this but the most important thing is that they're allowed back to train at least um, and also they've got to test so we just want to see football back as soon as possible. But financially, it's going to be tough in all these yeah. lower league clubs, Rob. That's the the problem. I know they got money. Um, the League One clubs got 150,000. The League Two clubs got 100,000. Um, so a lot of that will go into the testing and plus players will come back off furlough. So they'll go back up to their, their normal wage. So there's a, a lot of um, hurdles still to go over. Um, but hopefully in the, the, week, the next week or two, it can come to some sort of conclusion. And lots of leagues uh, not coming back immediately. Uh, and who knows what's going to happen for the Highland League and the Lowland League and the East West South of Scotland League, the second division of the SWPL uh, and others as well. I mean, what, what does this mean f- for your club, Kelty Hearts, at the moment? We just have to wait. I think it looks that we're going to be allowed back when the tier system comes into place, Rob. Um, so that we're looking at April time. Um, so there's no way that we would be able to finish the league in my opinion and in terms of testing they, they would want you to go and test and I think a few clubs in our, our league could um, do it but we've got 17 uh, seventeen teams in the league and it comes down to finances at the end of the day and some of these clubs quite simply can't afford it Rob Is it a grim outlook for you and Kelty? It does, I'm trying to be positive and the most important thing I'm trying to be positive for my players Mm. That's who I worry about most. Um, they're, yeah, they're looking for answers off me, Rob. That that's the only complaint I can have. We've not had a, a, enough kind of notification and what's going on. Um, and it's back to our discussion of earlier about mental health issues as well, isn't yep, it? Yep, and that's what I've got to I've got to think first and foremost of my my players, and they're looking for guidance off me, and I'm only getting the guidance of what's coming from the SFA. And up until now, it's not been enough. I'll be honest with you, and that's the same for for, uh, for all Lowland League clubs, and I'll take Highland League, uh, Highland League clubs into into that as well. So we just need to sit back and wait and see what's going to happen. But if we're going into April time, Rob, with the amount of games that we need to play in terms of as well as as testing players, I think it's going to be a hard one for us. Communication is always a massive word, John, but especially at the moment. I mean, keeping in touch with people so that so that we know what's happening next and, and when there is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel let's hear about it yeah and I think Barry's right there it's not only the games it's you know he has 16, 17, 20 players that are phoning him all the time what's happening Gaffer when when can we even start back training 
you know, what are these guys doing? There's nothing in place for them at the minute when they when they're not training. You know, the SFA are not coming in and saying, look, there's there's classes or there's a course. They're just a lot of them are twiddling their thumbs, getting on with their 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 regular jobs. I know the boys down at um, East Kilbride. I know the owners of East Kilbride, and they're going quite well you know they're climbing the mm. leagues you know with a little bit of a push and um, you know there's a there's boxing gyms that they, they do boxing the players on a Tuesday and a Thursday you know they, they mix the training up they can't even get in the boxing gym at the minute you know as, as a group as 7, 8, 10 foot of the lads hit the bags and work on the pads and things like this just to get the team spirit and morale so it's not just the games that they're missing out on on the competitive side they're not even allowed to go and train I know if I would stop speaking to you, Barry, you would actually get to watch the game. But uh, we're about 15 minutes in at Ammonvale, nil-nil so far. Livingston doing okay? Yep. Um, And I'm not surprised, Rob. Um, Listen, it can go one or two ways. Um, Livingston, they can start feeling sorry for themselves, obviously, with a disappointing result in in Sunday. But I never expected that. You, You hear the way David Martindale speaks and... We've obviously had Marvin Bartley in here and the way that he talks. Mm. Um, I, I'm sure they wanted a, a response. Uh, and they've got it today. They're, they've been competitive. Um, and Rangers, as I said, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough one today. Rangers just need to remain professional. Uh, and I think in the end of the match, Livingston's work rate, Rangers' quality will come through in the end. We were just looking at uh, shots on the screen of, of James Tavernier, the captain, uh, masked on the touchline and, and watching on. No Leon Balligan either tonight for Rangers, so Nathan Patterson is in at right back. But John, you were just looking at that Rangers lineup when when uh, Sky were putting it on screen pre-match and, and looking at the, the size of the Rangers back line. And, yeah. and it was taking you back to the, the sort of defences you played in front of. It was, and they just they just defend strongly. They're, they're, they're a threat in both boxes you know you look at Goldson he's, he's a real man six foot four no nonsense just goes it puts his head through it plays every game as well plays just about game. doesn't he Hollander it's, it's like a Martin O'Neill back mm. four if you know what I mean and I've spoken to Barry about this and other teams when I was playing in that in the era really competitive with Rangers had a good side as well good centre backs themselves um, you know but it's just like when you when you've got players that you that you can trust as well, and uh, it just reminded me of the team that I played in. Just looking at that back four, there, no nonsense, big, strong, just go and head it, and also don't take any risks. If it has to go into Rosehead, it'll go. Yeah. Don't try and overplay. I was just looking, Barry, at at, uh, at some of the goals in the Rangers team earlier on. Um, Tavernier is obviously out of it at the moment. 17, 18 goals. He's got his the top goal scorer. But I was just looking at the others. Morelos has got 13, Roof 12, Goldson 8, Hadji and Eaton have got 6, uh, Arfield and Arebo have got 7, Barisic 5, Jack a couple, Kamara a couple. It's incredible how the goals are being shared out through the team this season. Robert, that's what I said earlier on. That's the difference. They're not relying on a Morelos scoring 30-odd goals a season or a, a Ryan Kent. There's, the goals are getting spread throughout the team and you've just um, rhymed off eight, nine players there on good figures for the season. And that's been a big difference. At set pieces as well, they look really dangerous. Um, so look, that's been key to Rangers, not relying on one or two players scoring a lot of goals. They're spreading the goals throughout the team this year. I think Amundeville is is maybe the only 
Premiership ground that Rangers haven't won at this season so that's maybe another stat that they can sort out in the course of the evening because they they drew nil-nil at Ammonville back in the middle of August um, and it's incredible to, to, to look at the teams who've taken anything from Rangers this season stand it's almost a role of honour nobody's beaten them uh, obviously in the league and only Livingston Hibbs Motherwell and Hamilton have taken anything off Rangers this season it's, it's, it's just been a, a top class season they've been professional they've kept clean sheets they're unbeaten and you know that's that's a, a shot in the arm for actually Livingston to think that you know they'll go into the game tonight they say look Rangers I've gone and won, won the league very comfortably by the way they've not won here They've not won at our home this season, so let's keep that record going. That's what the Livingston players will be thinking of. But Rangers have a free kick here. It's it's an in-swinger. I think Ryan Kent is going to take it. No, Barisic, left foot. Here it comes. Livingston, clear it. But that's not the way to beat Livingston, by the way. I've just been watching it for 10 minutes. Stephen Davis had a free kick. Plays it long. The goalkeeper comes and gets it. You mm. can't play sort of long balls into Livingston because they'll just eat them balls yeah, up. Yeah, that's their strength. Yeah, yep. Rangers have to go and play. Get, you know, get Stephen Davis and Arfield. Stephen Davis is a bit deeper, but get Arfield and Arebo to go and control that midfield. And then your quality runs, Morelos running along the line and he just darts in, you know, it through, through the eye of a needle passes. That's how you go and beat the team like Livingston. You play balls into the box, that, that's meat and drink for them defenders all night. Yeah, I That's think what the, the team talk will be for every team that Rangers play from now until the end of the season in the league. We, who wants to be the first team to go and beat them? Mm-hmm. And that, what I'm sure in the Livingston dressing room, that's what David Martindale would have seen. Listen, Rangers came here earlier in the season. They struggled to come away with a point. Let's try and be the first team that can get three points off Rangers in the league. They do look as if they're back on track, Livingston, after their uh, disappointment at the weekend. They're looking very well drilled, well shaped, well organised as well. They might have picked up an injury at the moment, and uh, I think, think Conor Goldson might be about to kick the ball out of play. I think it's Riley, I think, that's gone down. Gavin Riley? Riley? Yeah, Gavin Riley, it is who's gone gone down. Um, doesn't got, doesn't look as if there's anything too serious, but. Uh, hamstring, hamstring. Rob, I think. All ah, right, okay, so that could be the end oh, then the for end, him. He'll be off, yeah. Yeah. Um, They've Scott, made a few changes tonight. He's Robinson. one of them. Yeah, is Robinson on the bench? He, is, he yeah. probably is. He is yeah. So that would be the obvious uh, change for yeah, them to make. Yeah, it does look as if uh, uh, Gavin Riley's game is over. Uh, just signed recently as well. Maybe he's been short of games coming in. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, he's in trouble. And it looks as if Livingston are going to have to make a change. Just checking right now on uh, what is happening at Hamilton in the other game as well best part of uh, 20 minutes played in that one and it's Hamilton nil St Johnston nil also uh, goalless between Livingston and Rangers the Bull Radio Football Show let's go it's Glasgow's own Go Radio and the football show and we're in the midst of Premiership action tonight. Goalless in the two games which got underway at six o'clock. So pretty much midway through the first half in both uh, Hamilton against St. Johnston. Aki scrapping for their lives in the top flight at the bottom of the table. Looking at keep going a pretty decent recent run by them in terms of five points from the last four games which uh, is vital at this stage of the season playing the League Cup winners though tonight St Johnston and uh, nothing doing in terms of goals there or indeed goals at Ammonvale as well one yellow card so far in the game John Guthrie the Livingston central defender booked they've picked up an injury uh, Livingston 
as well um, with Gavin Riley uh, having uh, done his hamstring by the looks of it he's gone off and Scott Robinson has replaced him so that won't uh, weaken Livingston you wouldn't have thought and they are looking uh, pretty well drilled John Hartson so far as they look to do what they did in August against Rangers and that was uh, get something out of the game yeah they're not throwing too many men forward uh, to be honest in all honesty they're showing Rangers a lot of respect it's Bartley and, and Holt they're almost defending as a six if you like so they don't want to go forward and throw too many bodies and then found Rangers counter-attacking with the pace and the cleverness that they have in the players like Arebo and Kent so it's, it's not a classic as Barry's uh, already mentioned it, they're never classics on these type of pitches because the ball is bobbling uh, Livingston is sitting in not to uh, not to in, uh, showing uh, too much optimism in terms of going forward. Rangers are probing. They're, they're trying to get the passing game going. Uh, this Kent there makes a really good run in behind. He's now one on one. Has to turn back out. And Livingston are defending. They're getting yeah. back in numbers, Rob. Making and, when it John, difficult. And, when, and when John goes a little bit quieter, uh, that means he's turning away from the microphone and he's watching the telly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just thought I'd explain. That was what was happening there as uh, as the voice levels went up and down because when the football's on telly, we want to watch it, basically, and we don't want to talk about anything, do we, Barry? <laughs> yeah, but in terms of Livingston, that, Livingston that are sitting off Rangers until they come into Livingston half, then they're, they're, they're on Rangers. They're not giving Rangers time to settle. Um, they're happy for Rangers to play in their own half um, but they're getting in Rangers faces they're, they're going to make it difficult and Rangers are struggling to get to grips with the pitch Rob it looks bobbly and, and whatever but I don't use that as an excuse Rangers have got a, an artificial surface at the training ground I would um, I would be more than surprised if Rangers hadn't trained on that a day or two leading up to this game it looks, yeah, it, looks, it, it. it looks a game that, that uh, might only take one goal to, to sort it out, to be honest. Um, and Rangers have done that a lot this season, especially recently. Maybe there's been maybe six or seven 1-0 wins where they've been below their best, but they just find a way of winning. And, that, and that's what champions do, John, isn't that's it? They, they find do, lots of ways know, to win games. And all of a sudden, you know, you get that type of luck when you're up there. You know, you're, you're riding the crest of a wave, really, and you're winning games where you possibly the opposition, they're not quite taking their chance. Oof. It's a ball come in there. Yeah, a really dangerous moment where uh, Scott Robinson got well, in behind. I've got to say, Rob, uh, down the right, and he pulled it back. Scott Pittman's yeah. shot was blocked there. Yeah, uh, Livingston just looking a bit dangerous there for a minute. But I've got to say, I don't know about you, Baz, but I don't like these pitches. No, I don't. I, I think I, at I least think I grew, I grew up on it at Luton mm. as an apprentice, and. Uh, and I've got to say, football for me should be played on grass. Not at the top, at the top level. I, I believe yeah. so. You can do yeah. you can do like bounce games and yeah. you can run over set pieces because Livingston have a, have another pitch, the other side mm. of this main pitch, and that's also AstroTurf they train on every day. Yeah. So they're so used to what footwear you wear, the bounce of the ball. So it does give the 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 team. You know, you look at Kilmarnock; it's given them mm. an advantage over the years. Yeah. Um, and it, but it's also but it's commercial, isn't it? Well, football should for, be played for, on grass. For, for clubs like Hamilton and Livingston and Kilmarnock, it's about making the pitch pay through the week, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, and a, I get it's, that. A, it's, it's commercial. But but you know, I, I think the yeah. argument, and, and just about everybody in in football agrees on this, that at the top level, football should be played on yeah, grass. I understand the reasons why they've they've got these artificial surfaces, Livingston, Kilmarnock, Hamilton. But for me, Rob, elite level Premier League football should be played on grass. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And it yeah. probably doesn't send a great message around Europe about our game, the fact that some uh, Premier League games are not but played on so, grass. It's so financially viable yeah. for these 
because you can release your pitch out 300, 700 times a year, mm. morning and evening and night. Through the week, you've got the lights. Businesses are coming with, you know, with all their clients and everything else. They're organising competitions, mm. football. And you, and that's where the money comes in. That's yeah. where you can lease your pitch out. But if we, do, if we were a wealthier game, if there was more money in the game, then the Premiership could make demands on clubs mm. and just insist to clubs that they had to have a grass pitch to, to play their games on. I, I think it should they should insist in the Premier League, uh, Rob. I totally get it, lower level. Um, yeah. A club like myself, we are, we are artificial and we yeah. can lease our pitch out mm. in League Two, League One, maybe even into Championship. But Premier League football, Rob, elite football should be played on grass for me. Livingston nil, Rangers nil, and Hamilton nil, St Johnston nil. Well, two attempts on goal so far, both from Livingston. Uh, nothing much for. Uh, Max Stryek, the uh, Livingston keeper, to do so far. Uh, but that was an important block just a few moments ago. I think you maybe just looked up, John. You were concentrating on your microphone again, which was very professional of you uh, from a radio point of view. But as you looked up, yeah. um, it was it was the substitute Robinson who pulled it the, back. The longer the game goes now, the, the more into it, Livingston might just feel hold on a minute we, we might just have yeah. a little attack here we might have a set piece we might just get a goal the longer it goes the more confidence the, the Livingston players yeah. will grow into it because they'll think hold on a minute I'm surprised Rangers haven't really come at us they've not really been a threat and you know they've surprised the Livingston players and they might feel oh we've got a chance here the longer the game goes and the longer the game goes the Rangers fans will be sitting at home like I've done watching Celtic play and thinking come on yeah. we should be beating this lot you know what I mean this does look a bit a lot more like Livingston during the 14 game run doesn't it and, may, and maybe Rangers have focused their minds Barry because they know they have to deliver tonight other, otherwise they get overrun yep just going back to what you said previous Rob in terms of Rangers have won a few games 1-0 um, that's the difference from Rangers last season to this season when they get to 75-80 minutes they don't become frustrated there's a real calmness about them as last year they maybe get a bit nervous when they were one nothing up, so that that's the difference. But these these type of games, Rob, these these are ones that you've got to just roll your sleeves up and make sure you come away with some sort of victory. One 0 victory here on the, the the tricky surface would be ideal for Rangers tonight. But I says, look, Livingston have come out. They've really matched Rangers. They're in their faces. They're making it tough. But Rangers would have expected that at the start of the game. It's concentration levels as well now, isn't it? Because Livingston have done great for half an hour. But with the quality Rangers have, you're thinking, we've got to do this for oh. 90 minutes. We've got to concentrate for 90 minutes. Yep. What a chance Just for me. Philip Melander on the end of a, a Bonabanisic corner kick. Left-hand side, out swinger. Uh, he got well up. Helander and he just couldn't quite get over the top of the header and it's just gone a couple of feet too high yeah but what John was just saying there about concentration levels that's the thing John if, if Rangers have became frustrated certainly at home when they can't get an early goal mm. um, that they've waited to 75 80 minutes to get that, that vital goal and I, I says that's down to experienced guys in the, in the team like your Stephen Davis guys like that they bring a calmness to it. You yeah. know, you know yourself, John. At any stage, you let's can not score try a goal. And force it. Let's yep. be patient. Yeah, let's. That's what they've shown this season. A lot of patience. They yeah. don't get frustrated. Let's work our way up the pitch. Yeah, but in terms of that, it's a great chance. That's a big chance. Was that was that well done, Marvin Bartley? Because he got his body in the way, and he didn't let Helander get a, maybe a clean enough header on it, or or did he get enough that you're expecting him to score from there? Well, we were speaking. Me and John were speaking about it on Monday night. Like, if you go back to like Celtic. 
People are getting free headers inside the box. Marvin Bartley, I know Halanda got his head on the ball, but Marvin Bartley didn't give him a free header. If Marvin Bartley wasn't marking him there, he got a free header. And, he, and, he's a, and he's a big unit to shift out of the way, he isn't is, he, Bartley? But you just, when you're coming up against somebody who's even bigger than you, you just make sure they don't get a free header on it. You make it as difficult as possible. And that's what Marvin Bartley done to Halanda there. It was a great chance, but you've got to give credit to Marvin Bartley there. Uh, David Moyo has gone close in the other game for Hamilton Ackies with a header that's just too high uh, against St Johnston. Uh, still goalless in that game. Um, but certainly the one that, that we're watching on screen in the studio here, uh, live on uh, Sky Sports, uh, Livingston nil, Rangers nil, pretty lively. Uh, Livingston have had a couple of attempts at goal, uh, but there are real signs here that Rangers are upping the ante, John. Yeah, well, you just saw Holanda there. My view on that is he got above. I, I know uh, Bartley made it difficult for him, but he was above Bartley. And if you can just manage to just head that down mm. with the pace of the ball, that's a goal. You know, it flew over just over the bar. But if, if, you know, I know Bartley made it difficult, but Haaland has managed to get the clear header on it. He's just got to try and head it down then. He missed the target. I thought that was a, a, very, a really good chance. But Rangers are turning the screw slightly. Um, they're passing it a little more, a bit more, a bit more movement across the middle of the pitch. Um, but you know, as as um, as Barry oh, said, what a ball in that was from Julian Serrano down the left hand side for Livingston, and it was Scott Robinson uh, who got a slight touch on it in the six yard box. Um, I think it's Josh Miller it, on uh, the back post. You know, doesn't react quick enough. Yeah, but there. but but it was but it, it, it doesn't was gamble there. Yeah. See if he's Josh Mullen gambles yeah. there. He's got a, he's got a chance. But just previous to that, Rob Stephen Davis get the ball and Holt was on him like a flash. He's, mm. They're not giving Rangers time to settle. Certainly Stephen Davis. When Stephen Davis starts to dictating the play, Rangers uh, normally start playing the uh, good football but that was a great chance for Livingston great ball in for Serrano Robinson with a wee flick and I think if Josh Mullen anticipates that gambles yeah. he's got a chance in the back end of Barisic and action Morelos. in the other game as penalty, well. penalty. Penalty. is that a penalty? yes that's a penalty down goes Alfredo Morales and it's going to be yellow for the goalkeeper John Beaton is the referee and it's going to be a penalty for Rangers nine minutes before half time no is is it a dive I think the yellow card is for Morales when he gets back to his feet so we'll look at the TV reruns again I've gone a bit early there yep yeah, see, that's the beauty we can see it again the referees did you see penalty as well I thought it was a penalty I was listening to you guys and I was believing you I was trusting you um, but it's not the view of John Beaton. We're just seeing these. He's told the ball. That's a, that's yeah. a stone waller. Yeah. There's contact. There's clear contact. So what, his reputation has gone before him then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a. I agree, I agree with you, but that's a stone moment. That's a stone wall. Yeah. 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 Because it was only. But it, but you know, to to be fair, it was maybe the third angle we saw that we picked up. We saw the contact. The goalkeeper's definitely caught his left yeah. shin on the yeah. on the follow through. But. Yeah. Presumably, well, if we, if we are giving John Beaton the benefit of the doubt, which may be a phrase you don't associate with Barry, um, no, he's got that totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe just maybe from his angle, he hasn't seen the yeah, contact. Yeah, it took us three uh, uh, three takes to to see the the connection on Morelos. But Rangers are obviously on the front foot. A reboot through to Ryan Kent, delivering into the box. Oh, it's Arfield. Broken. Yeah, Scott Arfield, and it's gone wide. Not like Scott Arfield normally finishes from there. Um, good bit of play from Aribo. Kent cuts it back for Arfield, and he just hits it by the post. But in terms of the penalty, Rob, 
it's a big decision for the referee. Mm. It took us three takes. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely a connection from the goalkeeper on Morelos. So for me, it's a stonewall penalty. I would imagine our TV colleagues will probably show us an angle before too much longer, which shows the referee where the ref, what the referee's position mm, yeah, was there to, yeah. to be able to call it. But he so, seemed to he seemed to react straight away as yellow card came out. I, we were all thinking it might have been for yeah. been for the for goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Yeah. But all of a sudden, he shows Morelos a yellow card, and hence. He sees it as a dive. But then, Rob, where's the assistant referee? Yeah, well, exactly. He must see it. He's in line with it. Yeah, but how, He was how, the side of the ball. The how, how often do you see assistant referees not willing to get involved? They don't want to get involved, Rob. They don't want to take responsibility. Good play from Joe Aribo uh, down the right side, just making one of his jinking runs along the byline. He's won a corner kick as he was trying to pull the ball back. And, and what that penalty being turned down um, and the booking for Morella seems to have done is, is, is further fired Rangers it up. Does. And, and, and uh, since yeah. then, um, they've been camped in the, the final five third, minutes. Rangers Aribo in particular gone on them, you know, showing that desire, getting forward, charging through the middle of the park, and, and just trying to make things happen. Another corner kick, this time on the right side for Rangers, taken short, back to Barisic, deflected on its way into the box, flicked on by Arfield, Arebo with his back to goal, and John Beaton's whistle goes to further for straight Rangers. A free kick is given in Marvin Bartley's favour, so they've got themselves through a difficult patch. We We're go. going to see another uh, rerun on the TV pictures at the moment, which Ashford will further us. confirm that it's not just a glancing contact. It's a, it's a, In terms of penalty decisions, that's actually a fair bit of serious contact isn't it with the goalkeeper I certainly so. enough to be given the penalty well I thought so I thought Morales was clever he just clips it away from the goalkeeper and then he waits for the goalkeeper to make contact with his left leg <laughs> I'm just getting a big bit of paper held up in front of me uh, because I haven't been accepting communications and the news is that Hamilton are a goal up and Ross Callaghan has scored for them and that is his eighth goal of the season uh, Callaghan how valuable has he been he scored a few few with penalties um, but it is Callaghan who's got Hamilton ahead against St Johnson and Barry if they can get the win tonight it's massive for them Yeah I fancied Hamilton in terms of Ross Callaghan um, I think again similar to young Bruce Anderson uh, Robbie he's found a home um, he looks if he's really he's running that Hamilton team he's been really good in the centre of the park and as you say he's 8 goals this season Um it's a great contribution from him. So well, that, that, I, honestly, I think Hamilton again. They always surprise people with the results and just going on. Listen, that drags Ross County and Kilmarnock right into. I into think the I think Kilmarnock are in a dogfight, John. Yeah, they're sinking, aren't they? So we're about uh, five minutes from half time at Livingston. It's still goalless, but plenty of uh, talking points. Uh, Livingston positive early in the game getting uh, some attempts in on goal but the last 10 or 15 minutes have been all about Rangers including uh, a big penalty shout and uh, when John Beaton uh, sees it on video you will realise uh, the officials have failed to pick up what should have been a penalty for Rangers not given and just to compound it for Rangers of course yellow card for Morelos yeah, I thought you were going to say diving. when John Hartson calls for Morelos <laughs> to have a penalty then we, we, we think it's a well, penalty uh, well exactly if you if you're saying penalty for Rangers I'm right. calling it Baz as I, I, I said it the first time I seen it although it was difficult but after seeing the replay I think Morelos is clever he's clipped the ball away from the goalkeeper I don't think yeah. the goalkeeper has to come out he gets none of the ball the goalkeeper and he just clips Morelos's left side of his leg on the way through that makes it a penalty for me but yeah. again I, I think it's his reputation that's going for yeah. him getting Possibly, that yeah. uh -huh. if that's somebody else 
Rob, I, I don't think they're getting booked. No. No. And you, you can understand uh, why we get lots of calls on this show as well from Rangers fans saying that if it wasn't Morellas, it would have been a different decision. Uh, that's what lots of people feel. But whether you believe that or not, uh, it's it's purely we're looking at the television screen in here. Um, it's 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 so obvious uh, a penalty. But uh, what we haven't seen yet is a big enough picture which has John Beaton in it as well to be able to determine how far he was away and what angle he was at. But Rob, we've gone about John Beaton and right, maybe he should have no, maybe he should have given a penalty. But again, John Beaton needs help from his assistant referee, yeah. who's ball side. Stand side, so it, surely there's got to be a bit of communication there. But that's, yeah. but that's for me, that's a big feature in Scottish, maybe British football, but maybe European football, maybe world but football. But that's what they're but, there but, for. But in they're the there Sc- to help yeah. the referee on the pitch. Yeah, but, but, they, don't, but they, they don't. But how often do you see them, you know, waiting for the referee to tell them which way to point their flag? I agree uh, with you totally. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think they take enough responsibilities, the assistant referees. Well. Maybe he got no help there from his officials, uh, but he got it wrong. But there's plenty of time for Rangers to sort it out. And they've been uh, pretty impressive since the penalty was turned down, John, as well. Yeah, they have. They've had the lion's share of the ball. Um, they've, they've tried to get it forward as often as they can. Kent has got on the ball a bit more. Aribo's been outstanding in the last five minutes. And as we saw, Morelos got brought down for the penalty. So they've stepped up a gear, Rangers, certainly. They just... Uh, ideally, they would love to have gone in before half-time, but... You know, it's not the end of the world. They come out in the second half with the same positive attitude as they finished the first half. I can see them getting the goal. This game is uh, a little bit ahead, a couple of minutes ahead of uh, the action at Hamilton. But there is a goal at Hamilton, which we brought to you a few minutes ago. Uh, Ross Callaghan uh, for Hamilton Aki's 36 minutes uh, when he scored an assist for Bruce Anderson. So uh, he's making a, a big contribution for Aki's on loan from Aberdeen. He scored a couple uh, and Barry was raving about his contribution earlier in the show. Yeah, I've been really impressed when I, I seen him play with Aberdeen, Rob, I'll be honest. I, I thought he struggled at times. Maybe that's the way that Aberdeen play. But I, I think the young lad needed to get out and get games of football. And he's been at Air United previously. And I, I just think he's found a home. I think the way that Hamilton plays suits young Bruce Anderson. And the times that I've seen him um, since he's he's came in and loan, I've been really impressed by him. If this was uh, television, we'd have an as it stands league table in the corner of the screen, but it doesn't work so well in radio. Uh, but I can tell you that uh, if the scoreline stays this way, sorry, Barry, uh, Hamilton would go on at 27 points and Kilmarnock would be bottom on 25. Yeah, Hamilton, uh, Kilmarnock as well played an extra game, yeah. played 31. Hamilton, Ross County second bottom third bottom would have only played 30 yeah were Rangers uh, threatening again there Barry yeah there was a good long uh, a ball uh, in behind Morelos made another good run just his, his first touch let him down um, but in terms of Kilmarnock Rob I'd be worried if I was a Kilmarnock fan yeah um, I, I just look through their, their squad and I look at Broadfoot Dicker Power now Kyle Lafferty's come in Burkey's there surely they've got enough experience mm. to get out of it but they're in a dogfight as simple as that they need to start winning games I know that that goal in, in Saturday um, was the first goal under Tommy Wright um, and it's a start it's a point but they need to start picking up three points and they're getting dragged straight in yeah before that it was eight straight defeats for Kilmarnock and uh, they look to be in big trouble and they'll be even in even deeper trouble if Hamilton win that game uh 
tonight. A few minutes left in that one. Not long left in the Livingston Rangers game. It's still nil-nil and we've got about 30 seconds left of stoppage time, John, at the end of the first half. And Livingston will be feeling lucky at halftime to be goalless uh, with that penalty having been turned down. Yeah, they've just had a decision, Livingston there, that's gone their way. And sometimes you need that against uh, you know a, a team that, that uh, like Rangers, who are at the top of the league and unbeaten. You need that little bit of luck sometimes and Livingston have, have, have had that bit of luck um, and they'll be delighted. I think David Martindale will want to get Livingston in, regroup at half-time and then come out in the second half. And I don't think Livingston have played badly. You know, they've had their moments, but... Oh, oh. Uh, in the last uh, four or five minutes, Rangers have just taken control of the game. Yeah, Joe Aribo's just been cleaned out uh, a couple of yards outside the box. It would surely have been a free kick, but the whistle's gone for half-time instead. And the camera, of course, naturally focuses in on Alfredo Morales, who was yellow-carded for diving. But the television evidence tells us um, that there was contact from Max Stryek, the Livingston keeper. Uh, Stephen Gerrard is marching onto the pitch, I think, to have a little word with John Beaton and maybe advising him to have a look at the video pictures at half-time, which will confirm that Rangers should have a penalty. So he's, ve- looks, he's filming. Yeah, yeah, he is absolutely. And he's been yellow-carded, yellow the Rangers manager. As he's, no, normally do. You don't see yeah, that. I, I no. think he's fired up, John. He's yeah. come onto the pitch. Yep. He's met the referee on the on, inside the centre circle, and he is raging, by the way. You don't, and you don't see that. No. So yellow for Gerard. He's red card. He's red card. Has he got a red now? He must have. He must have said something. Right. Okay. So Stephen Gerrard sent off at uh, Almondvale, uh, furious uh, at a penalty uh, which should have gone to Rangers, which wasn't given, and it was compounded, of course, with Alfredo Morales being booked for diving. So it is all happening at Almondvale, not in terms of goals, because halftime it is nil nil, and at Hamilton. Aki's ahead against St Johnston, 1 0. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Well, it's all go for lip readers around the nation. Uh, looking at the TV pictures of Stephen Gerrard and uh, wondering what exactly he said to referee John Bean. I think we can uh, possibly have a wild stab at it. Uh, but he was on the pitch, he marching onto the pitch at half-time to confront the referee at uh, Livingston. It's a massive moment, it's a massive talking point, and it shows you how charged up uh, the Rangers manager is, even so close to clinching the title. He wants all three points at Livingston tonight. He wants to get it all done and yes. dusted at the weekend. We're looking back on pictures again of Alfredo Morelos being booked for diving. Um, and there was contact with the goalkeeper uh, Stryek. It should have been a penalty. It wasn't given. And uh, at the end of the half, Barry, it's uh, a yellow and then a red for Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, I think I could let read them. I think he says the referee's <laughs> don't bang, t- don't no, tell us exactly. Bang out the order. And I agree with him. We've just watched it again there. And it's a clear penalty. The, the, the keeper's hands uh, clearly hit Morelis's left shin. And obviously Steven Gerrard's fired up and, he, and he's backing his player because he's, he's player Morelos who's an important player has got another yellow card um, so it's a bad decision for the, the referee now if the referee's not in the right position I'll go back to what I said previous Rob where's his assistant trying to help him out who's was, the ass- all, was the assistant on that side? the, the assistant's the side of the ball yes right. the stand side right. so again that's why an assistant's there to help the referee if he's not in position and clearly the referee wasn't in position, so then the assistant referee has got to help him, and, and clearly he's not. And then you're just seeing it now, Gerard, he's, he's clearly fired up, he's disappointed, he's angry, 
um, that it wasn't a penalty. Yeah, just uh, reviewing those uh, pictures again of uh, initially the yellow card uh, being shown to Steven Gerrard as he stormed off the pitch, but uh, the back chat must have continued uh, because that yellow uh, was converted into a second yellow and a red. Uh, John Beaton following uh, Stephen Gerrard off the pitch and showing him the second yellow and the red. And of course, that's got implications, John, for the weekend, hasn't it? If, if that if that red, if, if Rangers are unable to do anything about mm. the red uh, between now and the weekend, uh, Stephen Gerrard would be missing from the touchline on Saturday. Yeah, and he, you know, listen, he's got himself to blame because me and Barry said that it's it's not like Stephen Gerrard to, to act like that. You know, um, he's normally calmer in these situations, but he's obviously really, really aggrieved with that with that decision. Um, I think the first yellow from the referee, um, from the referee John Beaton, is just the fact that Steven Gerrard's walked up to him on the pitch, shouldn't come on the pitch and even you know walk up to the referee. That's the first yellow, and I think it's the verbals. I think yeah. maybe Stevie might have called him something. You know, because the referee then to give him another yell or make it a red, something must have been said. Yeah, it's all boiled yep. up then at half time. At, uh, it's, at it's fired up, Rob. That's the word that I would yeah. probably use. You could but see. It's, it's not like to, to go on to no, the he's pitch, Barry. He's, he's been cool, calm, and collected yeah, yeah. all season. Listen, we're getting to the, the, the nitty gritty, the business side now. There, there are a few games away for clinching the title. And obviously, emotions get the better of you, Rob. Yeah. And probably the manager, it's not like him, he's been on. But he's just been disappointed with the decision because, uh, look, how many an- analyst Rangers have, ha- have got? There are probably two or three that will come down onto the bench and show the coaching staff it. And the manager will probably go and have a, a sneaky look at it. And then you can see clearly it's a penalty. And obviously, he's just let his emotions get the better of him. And he's been on and he's gave the ref a wee bit and then obviously gave him a bit more. To yeah. the referee to give him a second yellow and a red card and now it looks to me if he'll be sitting on the stand uh, for the St Man game and the other thing is as well it's controversial centre forward who we've all been praising mm. has got himself a yellow card an unjust yeah. yellow card yeah you know and, and I wonder whether Stephen Gerrard in, in all of that Barry was thinking what you were thinking which was you know your point was if that wasn't Alfredo Morelos would that would that have happened yeah, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not just saying it for the Rangers side, I, I think that'll go against Morelos, where, where I'm going down in the box with a goalkeeper, I think the referee will look at that and what he's done in the past, which I don't think should be labelled against him, I know he's been naughty and done some bad things, um, but I think that'll go with Morelos and I think that's the reason why the referees booked him, the, the referees thought he's dived, but... It, We've seen it clearly that there's been a connection on the shin and it's a clear penalty. But again, I'll go back to it. If the referee's not in position, you see it. Where's his help? Where's the assistant referee? Mm. Why do they not come into play? Because they don't want to take responsibility for me, Rob. We'd love to go into extra time, but we can't. We did petition uh, the bosses at Go Radio insisting that we do another hour, but uh, they have turned us down because of the existing schedule. So that's it uh, from us tonight. Thanks to John. Thanks to Barry. It's uh, 1-0 Hamilton against St. Johnston at halftime. Could be a massive result for Ackies and a uh, huge controversy at Ammonville, nil-nil at half-time between Livingston and Rangers, but uh, a penalty wrongly turned down. 
the Rangers' appeal for a penalty turned down and uh, Alfredo Morales booked for alleged simulation, which uh, TV evidence shows was completely wrong. Nil-nil, halfway through, and uh, we will be reflecting on all of that tomorrow, live at five on the Go Radio Football Show. Bye for now. The Go Radio Football Show. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. 